Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Glover's Talk, Somerset Live's weekly podcast discussing all things Yeovil Town Football Club. I'm your host, Liam Trim, and joining me this week, as always, is our sports reporter, Stephen Dalbiak. Hi, Liam. And Mike Taylor, Arsenal fan and growing, he's got a growing love of Yeovil Town, let's put it that way. The Glovers are growing on me, I'd say. Yeah. Yep. So don't forget to check out somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport for all of Stephen's coverage of Yeovil Town. Obviously a very exciting time to be following Yeovil with a FA Cup tie against Manchester United looming at the end of January 2018. Stephen's got everything you need to know about that fixture, as well as the usual match reports and interviews with people like the manager Darren Way and lots of the players. So also, if you like this podcast after listening to us today, remember to subscribe on iTunes and Audio Boom. Right, so we're going to start by discussing Manchester United because there's a lot of tickets available the club spent a long time deliberating over the best way of selling the tickets to what is going to be a, obviously a fixture with huge demand from the the usual hardcore fans as well as Manchester United fans and people throughout Somerset I'm sure tickets have been flying off the shelves and Stephen you've been down at Hewish Park today as the latest wave of them have, have gone on sale people have been queuing round the clock all of last night I believe we're recording this on January 16th for Tuesday and yeah, long queues to, to get themselves a ticket to what is going to be a historic game. Yeah, well, I, I got up to the ground at about eight o'clock this morning, um, an hour before the ticket office opened, and there were already a good 50, 60 people there at that point. I think by the time it got to nine o'clock, you were probably looking at more than 100. Queues were going all the way around to the back of the away terrace. So it's great to see that because it's no secret that this season hasn't been the best in the Oval Town's history. There have been problems with attendances dropping off. And so I know that, this comes with a caveat that Manchester United are coming to town and there's obviously a lot of interest because of that. But it's just genuinely good to see so much interest in people wanting to go and see a Yeovil Town game and wanting to get tickets. And, you know, it's almost certain that this game will be a sellout. And it's great because the last time they sold a game out was the last time Manchester United came in 2015. And when you've when you've gone through a run that, um, that Yeovil have, you've been fighting relegation for the last few years, it's great that the fans have something they can genuinely look forward to. And it's a nice welcome distraction in the middle of a busy season to have um, the likes of Paul Pogba and Lukaku and Jose Mourinho coming to Hewish Park. And, um, you know, it's great to see everyone getting behind it. Absolutely. And obviously Man United um, took on Stoke last night in the Premier League, won comfortably 3-0. And you mentioned Paul Pogba there, he was very impressive, and Martial, Valencia yeah. and Lukaku all getting goals, so it's exciting to have that quality of player coming to Yeovil. Uh, r- remind me, I've been off for a few days, and obviously it's the first time we've done a podcast in a few days, where are we at with everything we know? So it's going to be on BBC One? Yes, so live on BBC One, Kickoff will be at 7.55, and that's Friday, January 26th, so only 10 days to go now at the time yeah. of recording, so it's not far away. There's still a couple of games for Yeovil before we get to that point, but it's very much on the horizon now, and um, we're getting near to that point where you can really start earning your full attention to it. Um, in terms of tickets, now... This morning, um, Tuesday morning, um, was the beginning of the second 
batch of ticket sales, there are four priorities. So if I go through them one by one now, priority one was for season ticket holders and those who had bought ticket bundles. And those ran from Friday until Monday. Now we're in priority two, which is for fans who can produce ticket stubs from any four home games for season in league or cup competitions. And that will go until the end of this week. Then priority three, which is on Monday morning, and that is for supporters who buy tickets for Saturday's game at home to Chesterfield and can produce those stubs at the um, ticket office from Monday morning. And then any tickets for the left, and I wouldn't want to bet any money on ticket sales getting this far, but there is a priority for, and that's general sales. So if there are tickets left and you haven't got you know, any ticket stubs or anything like that, then you can get yourselves down to the ticket office um, next Wednesday, two days before the game, and um, there may then I only say may, but there may be some tickets um, still available then. So it sounds mm. like if you're a Yeovil local and you've, you know, you've been following the team, but maybe you don't go every week, it sounds like if you attend this Saturday against Chesterfield, it's going to be well worth it because it will be a packed ground mm. for an, an important league fixture and also you get that extra chance of going to see Man United. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think it... it it's going to be a busy game on Saturday, no doubt. I'm sure we'll probably get around six, six and a half thousand if you go by the last time that Yeovil were in this position and you needed to buy tokens for games coming up. Um, it was in 2014-15 and there was a game at home to Colchester which attracted nearly 7,000 supporters. So that's the sort of level which you're looking at. Yep. And actually, it's worth remembering that Saturday is actually a very important game for Yeovil because they're playing Chesterfield who are only four points below them in the league. And so it's a really important game for Yeovil. Mm. If they win that mm. game, they go seven points at least clear of a relegation zone, potentially more because Chesterfield themselves are just above that bottom two. Mm. So um, it's a really big game. And I think actually the way the fixtures have fallen, it's really good to see that this is one of the games that does count because it's a game that the players will really need the support of the fans. It's a game that the fans will potentially be able to make a big difference in. And um, it should be a really good atmosphere there on Saturday. So it's one I'm looking forward to. And it means we not only do fans get to see what could potentially be a pivotal game in the overall season, but it also gives them a very good chance if they're prepared to queue up and wait on Monday to get into a Manchester United game as well. So Absolutely. really, potentially double rewarding off of that. And it might sound like a stupid thing to say, but for me, just watching on, it seems like since the Yeovil have drawn United, they've been you know, exciting to watch on the pitch. They've, they've, they're unlucky against Port Vale, which we'll discuss later yeah. in, in this podcast. Uh, yeah, would you say that the, the mood around the club just seems to have been lifted since the draw? Yeah, I think it's a real buzz around the club and it's not one which has been there all season. I don't think it's unfair for me to say that. I, I've actually noticed there's, there's been a clear improvement in performances, probably from the Exeter game. Mm. I think they were very unlucky not to get anything at Crawley because that was a game that really the referee changed the course of the game and we'll never know what would have happened had Yeovil kept 11 players on the pitch in that game. Mm. Morecambe, for 70 minutes, they were superb. It was only that real, you know, nightmare final, you know, 20 yeah. minutes where yeah. it all went wrong. But for the majority of that game, they were completely outplaying. 4-3 that one finished, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think the signs are there that Yeovil's performances have definitely improved in, in recent weeks and it's now about whether they can translate that into results on the pitch and I'm sure if they continue to produce performances of the standard that they have been and that they produced at Port Vale on Saturday and were unlucky I think not to get three points from I think they will get the rewards that they deserve from it mm. it's just um, a real different atmosphere at the moment around the club and it's one that hopefully will persist beyond the United game because mm. obviously that is the big excitement at the moment. That's the thing everyone's talking about. What they need to do is they need to continue the momentum and the 
level of performance they are putting in at the moment and make sure that once that game is no longer there, once they're back to focusing on the league, that they continue to perform to the same level that they have been. And if they do that, then I think they, there's a very good chance that they'll end the season well. Absolutely. And Mike, just quickly from you on the ticketing system, I've seen a lot of praise for it on Twitter. Do you think it's a good thing that the club have managed to reward loyal fans? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's exactly what it is, really. Um, I mean, I I was at the ground um, on Friday when, when we were covering the first um, sale of tickets and there was uh, quite a few hundred people mm. there queuing for, but, but I'd say nearly two hours so in some cases, trying to get the tickets. Yeah. And these are people who have been going to Yale for you know, 40, 50 years. Um, so it does reward those sort of the, those people, those ticket holders who have uh, you know have had to endure quite a lot of misery as your town fan. But now, now they've been rewarded with a chance to see you know some world class players playing at Hughes Park. Um, I think it's great that the those sort of fans again um, prioritised, and it just sort of then becomes a case of slowly but surely becomes a free for all for tickets. Um, Stephen might help me out with this. I mean, obviously last time Liverpool. Um, Page United was there any many general uh, tickets on general sale at all? Yeah, they moment? didn't make it to general sale last time they sold out. Right. Um, but it was different last time because they had um, because they had a replay to play right. and they had to beat Accrington in the replay to get that Manchester United tie. The club were able to um, allow fans to pick up tokens right. from mm. the Accrington game and then from the Colchester game in the league. This time they don't have that luxury because the Chesterfield game is the only home game that they had between the draw and the Manchester United game. So they weren't able to do it in the same way as mm. before. But I actually think that having the four stubs, mm. what they do now, I think it's a very good way of doing it. If you, uh, There is obviously the drawback that some fans won't have kept their stubs. But those of them who have, it is a way of showing loyalty mm. because if you've been to four home games, you've been to probably, you know, at the very least about a quarter of all games at Hewish Park this season. So you can call yourself a regular yeah. supporter there. It's worth noting, of course, you're never going to be able to make every single fan happy. And there are always going to be, you know, disappointed fans. You know, it's not possible to accommodate everybody inside Hewish Park. But what the club, I think, have done with this, if they, they have given every fan who is there every week every opportunity to get their tickets. Mm. And then... If you don't go every week, but you want to go, then you have to take your chances. But it is only fair that those the fans who are season ticket holders or who go often are the ones who get first priority because yeah, they are the ones be who they're the ones who you know follow the team up and down the country, who are there on a weekly basis. And when they get a reward like this, they're the ones who deserve to be um, treated to it. Yeah, and hopefully they'll continue to financially support the club and well, and also just vocally support the club on it. On a weekly basis, I, I personally think they've done very well with the club and deserve a lot of praise. You know, mm. whenever I go to a football match, I do keep my tickets. So, oh yeah, yeah. hopefully, um, yeah, there, there, there are lots of fans who are able to prove that they've been going a, a lot to see the Glovers this year. And also, yeah, I guess it's it's a good opportunity that, that it is maybe just that one game for those fans who follow Yeovil, you know, maybe more sporadically. But you know that they can really get behind them this weekend in a league match and have a good chance of seeing Man United. Seeing just to talk about briefly those disappointed fans who you know, as you say, there's bound to end up being probably thousands of disappointed fans or people who are hoping to go. What would your advice be to them in terms of you know? Presumably, there's just going to be a fantastic atmosphere in the town of Yeovil on match day. Yeah. So hopefully on that that Friday night, there's going to be lots of pubs. You know, we. We at Somerset Live, we like the arrow, and that shows that Yeovil matches when they can, I think. And that's yeah, you've obviously got the bell as well. Yeah, there are about the Hungry Horse, and there's going to be yeah. venues which are going to be showing this. Yeah, there are plenty of pubs, and because the game's live on BBC One, I can't imagine any pub who has 
who shows sport mm. in the town won't be showing it because it will be the big game of the night, whether yeah. you're a Yeovil fan or not. You know, up and down the country, this is the game of the night. You know, it's the tie of the round. So I'm sure every pub that has sport will be showing it. So if you can't get to the game, then there will be ways that you can enjoy it and enjoy it with other people. What I would say is because there is still the matter of the Chesterfield game. If you want to go to the Manchester United game and you haven't got any tickets, get yourself a ticket for Saturday. Because I'd say the way the team are playing at the moment, it'd be well worth going to watch them play mm. because I think the football at the moment is the best it's been all season. But also that ticket will get you the chance to buy a ticket when the next yeah. round of sales you know, begin on Monday. Mm. And everything that I've been told you know, leads me to suggest that there will be tickets still available by Monday. So... Even if you're you know, feeling a little bit disheartened right now, if you get yourself a ticket for Saturday, then you've still got a chance of being at the game. So um, that would be my initial advice. But then, like you say, if the tickets do sell out and you're unfortunately not able to get a ticket, then you you can watch it on TV, on BBC One. I'm sure pubs will be showing it. And um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of events you know, planned in and around the town where you can enjoy it with other fans. Yeah. Because, yeah. like I say, it's, it's not just a big tie... For Yeovil, it is what you would consider as a neutral to be the biggest tie of this yeah. fourth round. So it's going to be one that a lot of people yeah. up and down the country will enjoy. And we'll yeah. try to round up those events, you know, f- around Yeovil because, like, like I say, it's going to be an exciting evening for the community of Yeovil, and, and one that I think is worth. Even though you can watch it from the comfort of your home, own home, and that'll be fun. Maybe if you have a few people around. Yeah. I yeah, think it's I, worth, I it's worth it's getting out and about, isn't it, I think, to experience the excitement of Manchester United just being in town. And before we move on, I should just say, go to somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport because, among other things on there, we've got articles about where, the hotel where Manchester United might be staying, which we'd, we're looking at based on where they went last time. And obviously that's another chance maybe to just experience the excitement of, of seeing some football yeah, stars yeah, in and our last area. time of course they, um, the team the Manchester United team stopped and they took pictures with fans I and mean, we've got pictures in our archives of Wayne Rooney and Ryan Giggs and players like that who were yeah. there at the time posing yeah. with supporters so I'm sure that if or, they're staying at the Hollies which was the hotel they stayed at again that the players would be more than happy to do so and um, so yeah it, it is an excitement you know Manchester United are coming to Yeovil they're not just coming to play football here they're going to be in the town probably the whole day before the game so yeah, yeah. you know if you're really determined to go and meet your heroes I'm sure that there'll be opportunities to do that mm. and talking about heroes there is the potential obviously it's all it's it's the chatter of, of the transfer uh, window at the moment that Alexis Sanchez of Arsenal might be going to Manchester United. Now, Mike, you're an Arsenal fan. There we go, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here and just, just talk us through what it would be like because there is, as I say, there seems to be that high chance that Sanchez could be amongst the stars coming yeah. to Yeovil. He could well play because he's not cup-tied, as Stephen has explained in yeah. articles of Somerset Live, because... When, when your team, your beloved Gunners, yes. crashed out to Nottingham Forest, he, he wasn't didn't, in the he didn't play, all, he wasn't in the squad. So, you know, ha- how you've presumably seen Sanchez play in the flesh? Or, oh, yeah, 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 I've met him. Yeah, you've met him? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's, I've uh, I won't even got his signature. Wow. Yeah. So, what is it? He's obviously an impressive player. He worked, he's got a tremendous work rate, which is what's always impressed me about yeah. him. And then also, he's got the, the ability to finish and beat players, and he's just someone that is exciting to watch, isn't yeah. he? So, if he came to Yeovil and played at Hewish Park, what, what would that add in terms of excitement, do you think? I think you would get the chance to see uh, arguably one of the world's uh, toughest wingers, really. Someone who um, is very tenacious for 90, 90 minutes, it seems, you know, even. In the dying embers of a game, he seems to be someone who seems to be sprinted the ball to the other mm. end of the pitch. He's someone that uh, is quick on his feet, 
Um, positionally very aware, you know, very tricky, able to hold up play really well, um, can pass really well as well. And again, the finishing is fantastic. Can, he can score from long range, a lot of volleys, uh, you know, tight angles. He's a very much a very complete winger, really. And I think he's, he's been the basis of the same player that we have seen for Arsenal for, what, two, three seasons, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and any team who does get him um, will get uh, a 29-year-old who's... Still, still in his prime, really. Yeah, and it'll be quite interesting to see, you know, him at Hewish Park. Really, a lot of people might be saying that, you know, if if the, if the move actually goes through, they might say, oh, I, I saw one Alexis Sanchez's first games for Manchester United, and he exactly that, and he scored, a, and um, May scored a massive, uh, massive goal. Yeah, he loves taking free kicks, doesn't he? He could be bending one over the wall. Well, he did, he's sc- well, in a famous in the FA Cup final, I mean, he loves the FA Cup. Uh, yeah. he uh, famously against Aston Villa. Uh, I think for like 30, 40 yards, smashed one top bins. Yeah. And uh, in a 4-0 one, and for Van Villa, so who knows, he might be doing that the same at Huge Park. But... It sounds like there's a lot of love in your voice, Mike. Uh, are you gutted that you're likely to be losing him from Arsenal, or is it yeah. good that the long saga is going to be over and you can I think, move on? I mean, in all fairness, I think I've I've, I've accepted he's wanted to go since the summer, really, because the, the performances uh, in a large of this season and towards the end of last season, they've been very much reluctant, like, oh, OK, then I'll play just to keep my, keep my fitness up, keep myself out there. And, you know, I've been resigned to uh, losing him for since the summer, really. Uh, yeah. So really, this is just an end uh, to an ongoing target, which I'm happy about. What I'm not happy about is the fact that he could potentially go to United or City or Chelsea, who are all three apparently in the running. Yeah. Um, I would most likely... Uh, I would I, sell him abroad, presumably. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, it's the same with um, uh, Robin van Persie. Robin van Persie, you know, in his, in his, towards the end of his uh, time at Arsenal, he was, you know, arguably the league's best striker, you know, or, or amongst yeah. them. And, yeah. he, and, you know, we had a chance to, you know, convince him to sign on, stay, uh, and we didn't. And then um, we ended up selling him to United when we could have easily sold him to Juventus. And he basically won United the title. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And um, so that could be a case of that what might happen. If and how surprised session. are you that he's he's probably, well, as I say, at the time of recording, it looks like he, he's probably going to Man United, but it is all up in the air mm. because Chelsea are making a late bid as well, apparently. So the reports go. But how surprised are you? Because it looked pretty certain he was going to go to Pep Guardiola's City. Yeah. Manchester City are you surprised that it's again Manchester United poaching one of Arsenal's best players it's weird yeah I mean it's weird to see um, United doing it but I think it's really showing them financial muscle really mm. um, but again I mean if they shouldn't they've got the money but I would be interested to see how they can actually uh, you know they're going to have to somehow um, after like someone or a few players to get Arthur, to raise his funds Oakley Mkhitaryan's uh, the one that everyone might keeps in the other way might he? Yeah. yeah yeah I mean who I, I, I personally like but he's, uh, I think he's not already had a good time there at United but um, you know I think it's just a case of United might have to sell someone to get Alexis really um, interesting about uh, Chelsea being in, uh, in from as well because obviously Hazard's very much uh, you know, a European st- uh, mm. version of him. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of, you know, Hazard might be going to PSG or uh, or Real Madrid in the summer or very soon. That's, uh, he's, Lexus has been uh, marked as a replacement. Yeah, so they're not going to do anything that's going to scupper that big low move for Andy Carroll, though, are they? Let's no. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that no. is one of the more bizarre rumours of this transfer into Andy Carroll to Chelsea, certainly. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly a transfer merry-go-round. And, and given all the discussion about Alexis Sanchez, yeah. we always do a quiz on Glover's Talk, if oh, you're listening no. for the first time. And this week I thought, you know, who are the two key people that have been dominating the, the week in terms of Yeovil Town? Well, obviously, at the weekend, Yeovil Town drew 1-1 at Port Vale. Who's Port Vale's biggest fan? Robbie Williams. Oh. So this quiz is about Robbie Williams and Alexis Sanchez. 
Do you well, think he was at the I've game? Got feel that the, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a feeling that this has been stacked against me somehow. But. Well, I mean, Stephen does normally win the quiz, but Mike has won it once, and it's only fair that I, <laughs> when an opportunity comes around, to find a, a tenuous Arsenal link to Yeovil Town and Manchester so, United. So you look at me and you think, yes, Robbie Williams fan, yeah. I think Robbie Williams and Alexi Sanchez, Mike's got a good chance this week. Right, first right. question. There's six questions this week. Right. In 2006, Robbie Williams donated or invested how much to help Port Vale's finances? Half a million. Half a million, says Mike. Yeah, million. Million, says... Well, Mike is closer because it's 249,000. So is it 249,000? Why can't you just round, round it up? So one for Mike. Right. Barcelona signed Alexi Sanchez from which Italian oh, club? Oh, Udinese. Oh, fantastic knowledge from Mike. I thought it was just going to be a rap. Because he, I think... Because I, I remember us playing... also played him in a, a playoff, and I, and I think he wasn't available because he was then going to Barca. Ah, well, there you go. That's it. He looks a good transfer saga, doesn't he? Does Alexis? Got, yeah, yes. Mike's got the good transfer knowledge. It was Udinese in 2011 that Barcelona yes. signed Sanchez. Yes. So late in 2017, Robbie Williams was speaking to a newspaper up in Stoke, which is part of our group actually, and he ruled out buying which Premier League club, saying that if he bought a football team, it'd always be Port Vale. A Stoke. I reckon Manchester United. You reckon he's got the financial clout to well, buy I reckon Manchester it might be the sort of thing, but it's the sort of thing that he might just, you know, say, oh, I'll yeah, buy Man You've said Stoke. Yeah. And I can see why you've said Stoke. But even though they're, they're technically bits of rivals, really, so I don't know why I've said it. Really. Yeah, well, it was actually Newcastle United, because obviously they, oh, they've yeah. been up for sale, and he, he ruled that he, apparently, he, Robbie well, Williams why would he be interested bizarrely linked to buying Newcastle. I think if, yeah. you think if you're going closest to wins, you're not on a geographical, you know, technicality, that's my point, isn't it? I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm well, not gonna we knew first quite right, didn't we? I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna give a point for that question. So Mike's two 0 <coughs> lead in this quiz remains intact. Back to Alexi Sanchez. Right, okay. He's Chile's all-time leading goal scorer with how many goals? Oh, 49. 45. Oh. So you say 49, Mike. You said 45, it's, Stephen. It's in the forties. It's actually 39. So Stephen has got one back. No. And it gets very interesting as we head into the last two questions. Los Angeles Vale FC is a team founded by Robbie Williams named after Port Vale. True or false? Oh, false. False. You've both gone false. It's actually true. Oh. It was in the, in the noughties that he set up this team, Los Angeles Vale it's not FC. The, it's not the team with um, like Vinnie Jones and like Hollywood. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. That level of research was not undertaken, Mike. I've, I'm afraid. God, I don't know if it's the same club. But I remember, like, there was, I remember reading a story about Vinnie Jones got like he played for a, a celebrity team and he got sent off within a minute. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It is Vinnie Jones. Yeah. All right. The last question. Back to Alexi Sanchez. If he does move to Manchester United in time to face Yeovil in that historic FA Cup fourth round tie, it is rumored. Again, it's all rumours at this stage that you could end up wearing which iconic shirt? Number seven. Oh my word, Mike has raced to a three-one win this week, and you can see he's dabbing <laughs> in in the studio. I oh, don't say that. I'm not dabbing. So, yeah, no, he did do some dabbing, guys. <laughs> we saw know. it, mate. Don't worry. We saw the dab. So that is an extraordinary win because normally Stephen does walk these. So there's a lot of Yeovil Town questions normally. So we well, got a pounce on it, you know. It's a bit like it's a, like a Lesser City counter attack. Mike got a pounce has on it. seized his on. opportunity, like. Like Jamie like, Vardy. Like Zoko in the area. <laughs> I love it, Liam. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Back to Yeovil Town Matters, Stephen. Back yes. into your expertise. Yes. They were robbed at the weekend, is, is what lots of people have been saying. After they went up to Port Vale, Robbie Williams Club, as we've just discussed, and they dominated. They went 1-0 up through Francois Zoko, and then they had other chances. They hit the post, and they grazed the side netting, and they were playing some lovely stuff based on the yeah. highlights, but then they came away with a one-all draw 
because of a, a penalty decision. And it's such a big shame because obviously Port Vale, they're down there in the relegation mixer with Yeovil. And if Yeovil had got another three points there, it felt like some momentum was building to climb up the table. Mm. So talk me through the yeah. penalty, first of all, Stephen. Um, simply not a penalty, I think that's no, what you can yeah. say. Um, to be honest with you, I, I thought at the time it was a pretty soft call. I wasn't 100% sure if um, Omar Swimney had got the ball or not. But it didn't look like one that you, you see and think that's a stonewaller. It always looked pretty touch and go. Um, but um, unfortunately, it went against the Oval. I think if there's one criticism you can have, it's that does um, Omar Swimley need to go in for that challenge? And Absolutely. you can say, yeah. probably not, because he, he, the guy's going away from goal. Yeah. He's um, Dave Worrell going away from goal. But having said that, if he goes in, he gets the ball, it's a fair challenge, it isn't a penalty, and mm. the referee he, and the linesman, who was stood right down by the corner flag, so virtually opposite the challenge, has to see that, because you, these are big decisions in games, they're affecting teams that are down the bottom of the table, mm. where at the end of the season, you know, the difference between one point and three points in a game like that could be all the difference mm. between staying in the league and not, and really, you have to get those decisions right, and I do think... You know, the, the crowd played a part in him giving that decision because you know, the crowd was getting quite het up. It was getting a, you know, there was a lot of tension around, and that you, you almost felt that had that been Yeovil who, you know, who had a player go down under that scenario, do you, would they have given a penalty? I think mm. you have to question whether they would have been. You know, it was, uh, it was very unfortunate as well because I think that was a, one of the best away performances we've seen from mm. Yeovil this season. They were totally dominant in the first half. They had could have been yeah. to win the game in the first half. Yeah, I mean, they could have been three or four nil up at half time. And of course, Sam Surridge, you know, it doesn't get he doesn't get any unluckier than that header that he um, produced from Tom James's cross. Brilliant cross, brilliant header, and he hits it, and you think that's going straight into the top corner, and unfortunately, it just grazes the post and bounces back into the keeper's arms. And um, that was obviously the one in the, I think the second minute where he hits the post. Um, off the keeper mm. as well so um, I have to say I from think, the highlights so like Savage was at the heart of a lot yeah, of good that Yeovil were he, doing he played well and he was unlucky I think on another day he would have had two goals and um, and we would have rightly been lauding him as a man of a match but um, it's really frustrating for from a Yeovil Town fan's point of view because it was a great performance when you compare it to some of the away performances that they've had this season you know it was it was a completely different side that was there. You didn't think for one moment that Port Vale were actually going to get an equaliser. It was only the last 10 minutes that they began to apply pressure to Yeovil, but again, they never actually had a clear-cut chance. I don't remember Arta Krizyak having to make a, a save really in that second half until the penalty. Mm. And it's really unfortunate where, you know, if they'd taken one of the four or five chances that they had, the game would have been out of sight. It wouldn't have mattered. But then they were undone by a penalty call that, you know, video footage has since proven was the wrong decision. Mm. Oh, I think you're dead right on the decisions. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But I am glad you raised just the issue of someone diving in because, for me, just one of my bugbears of following you over this season seems to be just that lack of experience and professionalism not just at the back, but maybe in this case it was going forward where you have a wasted chances of what should have been a three points. Uh, I guess putting a positive spin on it, is it good given that Yeovil's away form this season has been so dreadful? Is it good that against the rival they've come away with a point away from home? I think before the game you'd have taken a point. Yeah. And obviously with the way that they played and the fact that Port Vale got the penalty so late on, it is... Yeah, it feels like well, yeah, two points lost. Yeah, yeah, you always feel as though you should have won the game and should have done more. I actually have to say that Yeovil's performances away from home have been much, much better in the last month. I think ever since they went to Mansfield, I think it was, and got the point there. Because they deservedly won at Cheltenham. More, um, yeah, Morecambe, they, they should have won that yeah. game comfortably. 
Obviously, they didn't because of what happened in the second half, but for the majority of that game, they were by far the better side. And then again, Port Vale on Saturday, they, they were the better team. I think if there's one thing you can really take encouragement from, it's the fact that there was this concern, and it happened last time you overdrew Manchester United in the FA Cup, that the players on that occasion did take their eye off the ball in the mm. league, and I think they lost their two league games at home leading up to the Manchester United game and the performance. I remember, I think they played Leighton Orient few days before the Manchester United game and it was one of the worst yoga performances I'd seen. It was almost like they were trying to always protect themselves for that game. Yeah. And so there's always that concern, you know, there was that concern going into the game on Saturday that, you know, would the players have taken a half a ball, would they be affected by that? And actually they they were focused from the very start and um, you you know, if anything, they were lifted by it. So I think that's something you can take encouragement from. And I'm certainly having seen them on Saturday going into another big game at home to Chesterfield on Saturday, I'm pretty confident that focus won't be an issue. I don't think there's any signs they'll be distracted. I'm really confident they can go into that game and really put a performance in, which is what, in front of a big crowd, you need to do. And what about, am I right in saying, it seems to me like there's been a growing role for Jordan Green in recent games. What about that? Yeah, I mean, certainly the Bradford City game, he was superb. I think the thing that Jordan Green brings you is not only is his pace and he's one of the quickest players in the league without a shadow of a doubt but he also you know he's got the skill I'm sure that any Yeovil Town fan now who follows him on Twitter has seen his oh, outrageous piece of skill that he pulled off yeah. against Bradford where he just flicks the ball between the players legs and then runs through um, through on goal um, he gives you that sort of that technical ability and that pace as well and he's that sort of player that once he gets into a battle with a fullback if Fullback isn't alert or isn't good defensively. He can tear you to pieces. Mm. And Saturday was a bit tougher for him. He was, you know, he was pretty, he was pretty well ganged up on by a couple of Port Vale players. He was body checked at one point. And he was struggling um, mm. before he came off. But I think he's definitely improved a lot in the last few weeks. He's been given a run of games which he didn't really get at the start of the season. And the other good news, um, you know, which um, came last week, is that he's extended his contract by mm. another year. And and that's the, that's the least he deserves. But it's also good from Yeovil's point of view to get him tied down because you could easily see a situation, and given his pace, that he could have an absolute blinder against Manchester United live on TV. Mm. And those are the sort of players, if they're out of contract in the summer and you know if the whole nation is watching you, if you put in a good performance, you're going to attract interest. So yeah. to get him tied down... You know, because if he does have a good game, if he tears Luke Shaw or Ashley Young to pieces on the left, which he could do, given his pace, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule it out. But um, it's good that Yeovil got him a bit more secure. Absolutely, that is good news, and it is, seems to be a positive trend of recent weeks. Perhaps since that Manchester United draw, that, that players like this, Tom James as well. Yeah, Tom James. Is, yeah, he's, um, that's not an extension, but it's uh, on better terms. Yeah, I think this is key because Yeovil have lost too many players in recent years because they're. At board level, they've dithered. They've not offered deals until the end of the season, and as a result, they've allowed good players to slip through their fingers and walk away for free. I think last year, Matty Dolan was a perfect example. I mean, he was a player who was practically begging to be offered a new deal, yeah. and the board refused to do it, and um, in, until the end of the season, and then they were trumped by Newport, and he lost. And I, I'm fully convinced that had Yeovil offered him a deal at this time of last year, he'd have signed a yeah. new two-year deal. And he's still a Yeovil Town player now. Yeovil cannot afford to let these players go through or go through their fingers and go to rival teams. I think it's really positive that Jordan Green signed. I think it's good to see Tom James um, sign a new deal. 
The next one for Yeovil has to be to try and tie down Omar Sawumni as well, because if you look at the players who are out of contract, who you can see really interesting rival clubs, he's the one who you would say, you know, is the most, is a player who would appeal most to rival teams in this league. So that's a key one. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there are clubs that are going to be taking a close eye at him because um, he's been very impressive this season when he has played. But if Yeovil can tie him down to a new two-year deal, or a new one-year deal, and um, then it leaves you in going into the summer really with nobody there who you would say would be a you know disastrous loss to the club if they did move on, and um, that's the sort of thing and the sort of forward-thinking, proactive approach that you will need to be taking. Absolutely, Mike. You know, it's just a hallmark of successful football squads and teams, isn't it? That mm. there's just a, a, a stable roster of players, mm. and then you know that's something that Yeovil have been missing out on. Is that something that you think could be yeah. key to Yeovil pushing on? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think if you if you get a solid core of players, you know, obviously everyone quotes a class ninety two or a, you know a, cla- a spine of you know a great goalkeeper, a, a great uh, defender, midfielder, and a striker build around it, mm. then uh, you can really uh, do something really. And I think it's really important that you know. Obviously, it's great that Tom James has um, uh, really, uh, improved his contract. Uh, John Green's uh, on a uh, extended his uh, deal for another year, and it's it's great because obviously Yeovil have got a collection of you know some really promising players. In all fairness, so, you know, are really good for this level. Really, um, it is just a case of just building on it really, and mm. just sort of building like an image or a legacy really, and because um, that's the only way really Yeovil are going to go up the leagues really. And um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. just to talk about something which is. A bit more unsettling and, and, and less nice to discuss, but um, there was an incident after the Port Vale. Was it after the Port Vale game yeah, that this happened? Yeah, you're talking about the coach. Yeah, so a yeah. fan's coach was attacked. Tell us about that, Stephen. Yeah, well, I didn't find out about this until I got home. Because, you know, obviously, I travel home separately, so I found this out um, after I got home. But, yeah, it sounds like that as the fan's coach was leaving the ground, it was attacked by um, either a person or a group of people who were throwing stones at it. And this is a coach, a coach with Yeovil fans Yeah, this on, is yeah. a coach. It's operated by the Green and White Supporters Club, I believe. Um, and so they, they organised travel to every away game. Um, so they were leaving the ground and then the coach was attacked with um, with stones and one of the windows smashed. And um, yeah, this isn't what you want to see at all. There's no reason why anybody should ever behave in that manner. And it's really encouraging actually to see the response from Port Vale and from the police who, you know, they unfortunately there isn't any CCTV in the area where it occurred, mm. but they have said they will do um, they are working to try and find out who was responsible and if they do and they're found to be fans of Port Vale um, Port Vale themselves have said that they will take strong action against them and that's good that's really exactly the message that needs to be sent out because there's no place for that sort of behaviour mm. in football if you're going to go to a football game you know you can at least behave yourself properly and um, there was no reason why um, anything should have flared up because it wasn't a bad tempered game particularly Though, you know, from a Port Vale fan's point of view, I don't see any particular sort of trigger point mm. as to why there would need to be any, you know, any reaction of any kind, any anger or anything, because they, you know, they got a point from a game that they were really second best in for a lot of the time. So if anything, the fans really should have been leaving the stadium, you know, quite lifted and quite happy with what they got from it. So, yeah, it's a really unsavoury incident. Thankfully, it's something that happens very, very rarely nowadays. And, um, you know, it's important to stress that this is very much, you know, seems to be a, a one-off isolated incident. Um, all the experiences that fans have reported, you know, having with you know, Port Vale fans on the day has largely been positive. I can speak myself because uh, I don't 
always mixed with the Oval fans on match days. I'm always, you know, generally in press areas, they're in the home end, you know, so I was mixing with Port Vale fans for a lot of the day. And, you know, I don't have anything negative to say about them. And certainly the staff at Port Vale were very good and very friendly. Mm. So it's it's unfair in a way on them because the actions of one or two fans, you know, potentially could taint Port Vale as a football yeah. club. And that's not fair because, you know, they're, you know, they're a very good club, well-run club in much the same way as... Um, you know, many teams in League Two are, but, you know, this sort of thing, you know, can't happen. And um, if the people were responsible for doing it at court, then it's only right that, you know, proper action is taken against them. Mm, it is a bit of a bizarre, yeah, out of the blue incident, isn't it? But like you say, good to hear there's a robust response in place. And uh, yeah, frightening because, you know, obviously, you know, kids, anyone can yeah, be on those. This is an important thing as well, yeah. because I think, um, I think my colleague James, he spoke to. Um, Paul Hadlow, who's um, a member of the Green and White Sports Club, who organises a lot of travel. And um, he said, you know, this isn't just a coach where, you know, you've got a group of, you know, what you would term lads, you know. Yeah. These are, you know, these are older people, you know, yeah. over 60s. You've got kids, you've got families on there. And I can imagine, you know, to, to have, you know, suddenly come under attack like that, it's, it's, it's a pretty scary thing and pretty Absolutely. frightening thing to do and um, to have to deal with. So, um, you know, it's not a nice thing to, to have to cope with when, all you've done is you've gone to watch your team play football and you've gone to have a good day out. And um, the least that you deserve as a football fan is to be able to get home safely without having to deal with anything like that. So um, hopefully, you know, and I stress it's something that hasn't happened in a long, long time. Hopefully it's a one-off and that we don't have any similar incidents like that occur at any games for the rest of the season. Yeah, I echo those sentiments, Stephen. Um, to finish on a brighter note, then looking ahead again, of course, to that Manchester United tie... Which player from that Man United squad are you personally most looking forward to seeing, Mike? I mean, it might be Sanchez, but he's not there yet. No. <laughs> well, if you could talk about players who are actually there. Hmm. Um, I'd like to see Sasan uh, uh, Ibrahimovic, really. All right. Yeah. If he does, if he does, obviously, if he, if he does he, play, he's, he's a doubt. Yeah, he's a doubt. If he, oh, don't say that. I'd love to see him playing person. Sorry to disappoint you, but I think that's... Uh, um, if, if, okay, then. Try to think Someone else, Pogba. Pogba, yeah. Pogba. I mean, if he if he turns up, that'd be great. I mean, he's I've always in very been, good form. Yes, and I've always been a fan of him as well. So it'd be nice to see him in the flash as well. What about you, yeah. Stephen? I think obviously Pogba and Lukaku are the two big names that um, that you'd want to see. I'm, I'm also quite keen to see Marcus Rashford play. Yeah. You know, young England um, international, very uh, talented. So um, it'd be good if he if he gets a game as well but um, but generally I think it, it's just an, an occasion to be enjoyed we know Manchester United will feel a reasonably strong team even if it's not their absolute full strength side they'll have plenty of you know, recognisable names in that mm. team so um, I think generally it's just a really good um, occasion and um, it's one that um, everyone who's up there on the night will, um, will no doubt cherish so I think you know just bring on whoever comes down from Manchester and um, let's enjoy a really good game of football well said, Stephen. Well said, and well for me, it'd be a shout out to Juan Mata, one of the nicest men in yes, football. Yes, I agree. And do look up his uh, common goal initiative, which I think you know all fans should be pushing more players to adopt, which involves them donating some of their salary to charity, which obviously, uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be good for the image of football. I think when all that money is swirling around. Thank you very much for listening for this latest episode of Glover's Talk. As I said at the start, do go to iTunes and Audio Boom to subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast and want to make sure you never miss an episode and go to somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport for all you need to know about Yeovil Town versus Manchester United. Thanks for listening. Yeah.
Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij de Sony Xperia XA2. Voor 19,50 per maand, 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1500 MB internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust Week. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op, geld lenen kost geld.